Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about what the silver lining of the pandemic has been, I really feel like people reconnected with their outdoor selves. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Lynn and it's Jody, and we are here with the fantastic, marvelous, fabulous Stephanie Hansen, who is uh, not only a blogger, photographer, cook, foodie, Minnesota influencer, social commentator, and I could add a thousand other Swiss things. Swiss Army to that. knife, right yes, there, baby. Totally. <laughs> but then let's bring this to the outdoors because she mm-hmm. is an outdoor enthusiast as well. And I don't know if many people know that. I mean, we've I've seen you on television talking about your adventures. Um, but I would love for you to just start sharing with us what got you involved in the outdoors. Tell us what you do, what you love and all that good stuff. Stephanie Hansen, welcome to it. (laughs) Thanks. I think, oh, I just said it so Minnesotan. Thanks. Um, (laughs) I think my outdoor journey is funny because I was 20 years old and I hated living in Minnesota. And I just, it was cold and I just never went outside. I never did anything. I had skied in high school, but that was about the extent of it. And, you know, going from my car to the nightclub was about as much as the outdoors as I was doing. And I met a guy that I ended up marrying and he said to me, when are you ever going to get like proper winter clothing? (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you have a leather jacket and you don't even wear socks. You know, let's get you some boots. And like, and I was like, oh yeah, like boots, like you wore when you were a kid. And I never wore hats. Well, hats can be really life-changing. So he likes gear and accessories. Oh, funny. Yes. Our husbands are the same. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. I have this really technical coat that's actually warm and I have boots and That probably was the start. And we started going more up to the cabin. He had a cabin in Ely, Minnesota. We spent a lot of time there. Um, That cabin's on an island. So you're super close to the outside. Like it's right outside your front door all the time. And the water and we have boats. And we we were on the island for probably 10 years before I figured out how to drive the boat. (laughs) And I wanted to go running and I would just be so mad that I always had to wait for him to bring me to shore. So finally one day I was like, I'm just going to figure out how to drive this boat. And then we started sailing. We have sailed all over. And that really, again, brings you so close to the outdoors. You're just in it, you know, good. Where have you gone sailing? Oh boy. Uh, All over the Caribbean, Croatia, numerous times. Italy and the Italian islands. Um, we have been up in Lake Superior, most, oh, Puerto Rico. We, oh, yeah, wow. we've sailed a lot. And our kid, when, when my husband was, um, I think our daughter was six when we first took her on a sailing trip to Lake Superior and he got certified. And then it was kind of from then on, we would go once or twice a year on sailing wow. trips. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she left for school, then we were like, okay, Europe, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that sounds amazing. So do you captain as well? Do you both take turns? How does that work? I do not. My husband's the captain. I can, I'm hands. Like I can pull Mm -hmm. in sails. I can steer the boat. I can uh, pull up anchors. I can do some of those kind of things, but I have really very little sense of, he'll say to me like, okay, steer into the wind. And I have no idea right at you, you kind of know, but there's these things called telltales up at the top of the sail that blow in the direction of the wind. So I have to literally look up. Um, I have no sense of direction and I can't tell where the wind is going. So I'm not the best sailor, <laughs> but I can it, do whatever he tells me to do. Yep. It's hard work. And that's my understanding though, is that's what you need is you ha- need sort of that crew, that partner to mm-hmm. always work with you that knows how to like take directions. You need that. My, my family or not my family, my husband's family has come from a sailing background. And now my sister-in-law has a sailboat, the, her father's sailboat that he had in Rhode Island um, at, on Lake Superior now too. So it's kind of a tradition that they're passing down, but it's fascinating to see um, people do this really crazy yeah. work on a boat. We learn to sail on Lake Superior. So you have to take a certain amount of hours and that's how you get your license. The first time I ever sailed was on Lake Superior with Kurt and he was already into the written part of his license. And so we needed some hours. And at that point I thought I would get, there's a, a certification that's below captain. And I did get that just because I thought, oh, I need to have this. But what I didn't realize, we, we sailed with a, a guy who just died recently named uh, Captain Dave Scoro. And he's pretty famous up in the Lake Superior area. Hmm. And we were on a sailing day. We were there for a weekend and it was so windy, Hmm. but I didn't know. I just thought that that's Hmm. what it was. So I had like a rain slicker on and it was literally like, (laughs) and, and I was like, oh, this is really, wow. Like this is sailing. I I would be puking over the side. (laughs) I just, I, yeah, it was crazy. And then we got called off the lake, which had, they had said had never happened in the 22 years they had been sending boats out for sailing school. Wow. Wow. Kurt was like, wow, you really like, okay, you can do this. Yeah. Yeah, you can. They're sailing though, like Lake Superior, first of all, she's no joke. Like you have to really understand what you're doing. And I always get terrified when I go up there this time of year and I see people in kayaks. Yeah. Think, okay, it's too mm-hmm. early to be kayaking on this lake without the right gear and equipment. Cause mm-hmm. all, you know, storms come up fast in these big bodies of water that you don't expect and you yeah. can storm and it's real. It's scary. Yeah. Do you think people don't understand that about Lake Superior? Do, do you think that that it's the perception is that it's oh it's just this lake in Minnesota, just one of the ten thousand? Do you think there's just a lack of awareness about how I big do. it really I is? I think too that in like we have uh, our cabins on Burnside Lake up north, and you know the lake has been ice free now for probably three weeks but it's still real cold. Like Mm -hmm. it it will stay cold into mid July. So at this time of year, like we don't go out in our kayaks. We don't go out in our canoes because if you're not close to land, you can get hypothermia really quick. I think people underestimate Lake Superior. Yeah. And you just don't know, like that lake is beautiful, but she's got a life of her own. Mm -hmm. And when she's roaring, you know, it's, it's a scary place to be if you're out on a kayak or out in a sailboat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
So I loved what you were saying about um, when you're on the sailboat, you kind of, you're not in charge necessarily. Like you're there as a support system. And this is something Jody and I have talked about, like in our normal lives, day to day, we sort of are in charge of, you know, the family of, we keep sort of the engine running at home, if you will. But when you're out camping, at least for me and Jody, you kind of get to relinquish control and just sort of be a guest almost in your own family. And do you feel that way with, with sailing and the outdoors where you, you can enjoy it, but you still get to be sort of that guest? Yeah, I do. And I'm, I mean, I'm either like great travel partner or the worst because (laughs) I'm pretty much a worker. Like I'm a workaholic. Let's, I think I probably am. I get a lot of satisfaction from my work and my work has changed so much over the years. So now I pretty much work for myself and I don't have employees. I, so I work all the time pretty much. Right. Cause that's sort of my hobby. That's what I'm doing. I'm writing recipes. I'm thinking about TV segments. I'm, I'm in the world experiencing things that I want to talk about in, in the day when we would go places, you know, my husband would do all this research And when you're going to go on a sailing trip, you really kind of have to know where you're going, where you're going to be mooring, what the climate is like, what the winds are like, what the time of year is, you know, you just have, you need to know a lot of things. And I just would go along and be like, okay, here I am. Where are we going? (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) And we went to Europe uh, and I was like, okay, do we have an itinerary? Like he was like, I sent it to you weeks ago. Did you not even look at it? I was like, no. I really just show up. And we have a van too that we we got a van before COVID. We my husband likes to have accessories and activities. So we bought an old Dodge Explorer, X-P-L-O-R. It was like a 1972. And my husband bought it from a guy in Minnetonka. It was in his yard and he wanted to rehab it and make like a fun travel van and van life. I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do it. Well, he did, he fixed it up, but it was a fortune to fix up this crappy Mm. old van. I think we spent $12,000 on it. And (laughs) it just was like, it was so cute inside. We have an Instagram for it called wonder bread van. And it was adorable. We loved it, but it didn't go over 62. <laughs> it was constantly like breaking down and we had it for two trips and just finally decided that we were in Colorado and it, we had just spent like $2,000 getting something repaired and something else literally broke down. I think we weren't even an hour away from the town that we had just left. So we were like, <laughs> oh no. Okay. So we ended up finding this guy that was an old guy that had just had some kind of surgery on his stomach. So we drive up to his house. He's in a chair. He's got all these stitches and he got like watery eyes when we were talking to him. And he said, well, you know, my wife and I had a van just like that. He had bought this Winnebago Paseo in 2018 to go on the road with his wife and he went on the road with his wife once, and then she got sick and she died. Aww. So the van was like almost brand new. He'd been in Aww. it twice. And here we have this other van that reminded him of his wife. Aww. Long story short, we ended up buying his van and trading him and leaving our other van there. Aww. Wow. So it was kind of a funny story, but he was real sweet. And so I thought we would, you know, drive this fancy van home or finish our vacation because we had three weeks left at that point and then sell it when we got home. 
And we just kind of have kept it. And we've hmm. been on, I think, four trips now. We're kind of planning another one this fall. And we're going to go, we're going to go to the Cuyuna area um, oh. up in Crosby, Minnesota, yeah. mm-hmm. up in July. I'm going to do some work up there. And yeah, every time we think we're kind of done with the van and we'll sell it, we plan another trip. That's awesome. Yeah. So we go a lot of places in all of these mediums. I just... I am a gardener. I like the outdoors. I like food. I like cooking. Cooking's always kind of my part on the trip. And we've had some just epic adventures. I think too, this is a weird thing, but I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 42 and I was stage three at the time. And my mom had died two years prior. And so wherever my mom and her treatment took a left, I took a hard right. Mm-hmm. Like literally like three weeks after getting diagnosed, I had a double mastectomy and I did all this chemo and I did aggressive chemo. I did radiation too. I got my ovaries out. I took every drug they gave me. And at that time, I just knew that I wasn't going to let, you know how like you think, oh, I'd love to do this, but you never do it because you don't have the time, the energy, Mm -hmm. the money, the, the time off. I just prioritized all of that travel life and the things that I wanted to do because I knew like, I don't know. I didn't know. Am I going to live to 45? Am I going to live to 50? I feel like every year is honestly a gift for me. Hmm. And both my husband and I feel the same. So we just do stuff and we take off and we mm-hmm. prioritize and we save our money and we spend our money on other things. And it's just, it's interesting if that's your motivator and that's your driver. For us, that lifestyle adventure isn't a choice. It's just how we live. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I don't think I would have had that if I wouldn't have either a watched my mom be so sick and die and then have that same diagnosis and just be like, wow, okay, this was unexpected, but let's do something different and let's make the most of whatever time we have. Yeah. So what is it about that, you know, adventure seeking adventure that, that feeds your soul? You know, what is it that, because Jody and I talk a lot about nature just is, like fuel for our soul. And I would just love to know what is it about, you know, sailing and van life and Ely and what, what, what's it about that, that I think makes you tick. Yeah. I think what's interesting about that question is I feel like so many people have gotten closer to this since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like when we talk about what the silver lining of the pandemic has been, I really feel like people reconnected with their outdoor selves and there's something about the outdoors that it's when you're a little kid, like you don't think about, Oh, it's too cold. You just bundle up and you go outside. It's a little childlike and rediscovering that for me, I just like the outdoors. I like breathing the air. I like hearing the birds. I like looking at the plants. I, I like the physicalness of outdoors. I've, you know, run some marathons and, I like riding my bike, but I think it's just something about the outdoors, just the air. Like, and I, you know, I, if I like all the houses that I've had, I've always wanted like access to the outdoors. So I have all the screen doors and I have like outdoor kitchens. I really try to make that outdoors come in because we have such a short season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. 
I also think it's really interesting too what you've been able to do in the outdoors, even with your professional life. That's like, I mean, I really admire you for that and how creative you've been over the last year. Can you just tell us a little bit about kind of what you've been doing in the last year? Um, One of the, so I started when I, I've been in the radio business for a long time. I started out in sales and I, um, we also had a printing and direct mail company and I worked in radio on the weekends and then did my day job during the week. And at some point we sold the day job and I just had the weekend job and I thought, well, I'll make that more into my life. So I started doing more social media for clients. I started doing more with the podcast. I started really working and cultivating stephaniesdish.com. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with all of these things. I just liked making content Mm -hmm. and it was fun. And what I really like is I love to like tell you about a hole in the wall place over on Lake street. And then you go there and then you like send me a picture of the food or you tell me like you met Andre, the owner, and he was so (laughs) nice to you. And Mm -hmm. I like those kind of insider. I like sharing with people and the people are my friends. Like, I feel like I have a unique sense of this place, this Minnesota place. I have lived other places, but I just love small business. I love our climate. I love that it's varied I love the entrepreneurial spirit that I feel like is here. And I mean, Minnesotans, come on, we are like Vikings. We work so hard. <laughs> yes, no with our swords and our shields. And <laughs> so I, I'm attracted to all of that. So it's all sort of culminated in kind of a food life and an in, in a real sense, an influencer life, but that's not the a word that I love. But if I can tell you like, hey, my friend Heather, she's got this spice company. And when you make chicken, you should really put this on there. And then she texts me and she's like, oh my God, I just got 22 orders. What were you talking about? That's awesome. Because people trust, and I won't recommend stuff that I don't like. And someone said to me once, well, I know that you have to say you like it. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and if I can't say something nice, I just probably won't say anything at all or all of it. But sometimes I just say that I hate something. Um, Truth, right? You gotta be, yeah, gotta be honest. And you know, how many nutraceuticals can you get excited about? How many, right. you know, plant based sleep aids that are you mix into your water bottle? <laughs> I, you know, some is fine and. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Because I'm super passionate about cooking, mm-hmm. like camp cooking, and cooking on the road. I love it so much. I love cooking outside. Like I, I love it. Yeah. So I mean, what for you as somebody who actually probably has a lot more skills than I do? <laughs> can you tell me, like, when you know when you're out when you're out having adventures, how do you approach food on the road or cooking outside or even choosing a restaurant when you go somewhere when you're traveling? Yeah. So right now I'm actually writing a cookbook. Um, it's called the True North Cabin Cookbook. It'll be oh, nice. it's due in December, and then it'll publish with the Minnesota Historical Press. It'll be their holiday book next October. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I've thought a lot about this because cooking at the cabin is either in a small cabin stove. It's a gas stove and it's four burners, but it's like a small apartment stove or on the grill. And we have a pretty nice sized grill up there, or literally we have a campfire. So when we cook, it would be those things. When we're traveling, we cook either in the van, which has a cooktop, but it, 
it gets kind of smelly in there if you cook too much weird stuff. Mm -hmm. So I like to use the Coleman and set it up outside unless it's raining or something inclement, then we'll cook in the van. But first of all, in terms of what we cook, we usually cook close to the source. So if we're in Ely and it's um, July, we're not going to be cooking, you know, we're, we're going to cook seasonally. So strawberries here come anytime at the grocery store. I really will wait until things come in season. Rhubarb will be something that mm. I get about two months of rhubarb season because I get it here for about oh, sure. three or four weeks. And then I'll yeah. get it up there. Yeah. Nice. Um, on the road, in terms of restaurants, I do research. I'll Google and I like to see what other influences are doing. I literally, though, I'm not that planful. So sometimes, you know, we just end up in a place. I won't go to chains. Um, the only chain I will go to is Texas Roadhouse because my brother-in-law works there and <laughs> it's good. But so we'll just drive around and find little mom and pop places. Mm -hmm. Do you use Yelp or anything to give you oh. any direction or? I might use it to get a sense of a town, but okay. I really hate Yelp. All okay. of that is paid advertising. Yeah. And you don't realize it. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it's outdated, particularly with COVID. I mean, yeah. when you're traveling in COVID, you go to someone's website, it's not updated. Their hours right. aren't correct. Even right. if they're open, isn't correct. Social media tends to be better for restaurants now, okay. particularly Facebook. Um. I will sometimes if I'm traveling, I have a lot of followers. So I might say like, Hey, I'm going to be in, you know, uh, Bozeman, Montana. Do you have any good spots? What normally happens is people will tell me where to eat after I've been a place. Right. So then <laughs> I kind of, if we ever go up back in that area, I'll just go scroll back to those posts. Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of the adventure and the funny, my husband isn't a big adventurous eater. So on the road, we tend to stick more to, he, he can't eat lots. He can't eat vinegar. He can't eat fermented things. And it's in way more things than you think. So we tend to stick kind of just close to the van or cook. And we like to cook. Um, yeah. So I've had some epic meals. I, when I travel with friends, you know, I'm the one who's always the person that plans all the meals for us. Mm -hmm. If we have a girl's weekend. Yeah, that's Jody. Um, totally. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I just eat it all. Just do you, reload off of her. Jody, do you, because there's sort of outdoor cooking is like, are you going to bring everything with you? And then do you prepare it like and have it? Or do you do, like, do you plan pack in meals or how do you when you're camping so we're talking like more like so we were just car camping this weekend Lynn and I with our families and I did some planning in advance where like I made like shashuka ahead of time so it I could was just so put it good. so I mean and, and, and I was saying <laughs> like I and I hadn't done that before but I was like this is such would be it's such an easy thing yeah. to put together and then just you know throw it over the grill on the um over the fire and stuff and then you just watch it cook and it's beautiful and everyone's like fascinated to see everything kind of cook up and get pretty and throw the greens on at the end and yep. stuff. So did you put is, eggs in it too? We did. Yep. Okay. We did eggs. And then I'm, I'm plant-based. So I used a little just egg product in my mm -hmm. little spot. So we were able to, we were talking about this too, is 
like how camp cooking, it seems like it could be hard to try to feed people with like lots of dietary things. But if you find that special meal that actually like a pasta or something like shashuka or something like that, that can translate to like your gluten-free people, your meat people, yeah, your sure. vegetarians and your vegans or whatever. But like that, um, so that that's one thing that we did. Um, and I'll, sometimes I plan, sometimes I don't, you know, and a lot of times, you know, if we're traveling like around the U.S., usually it's just hitting a co-op when we can get in somewhere and then kind of figuring out what we're going to do. But it's fun yeah. to figure out. I think the hardest thing I've ever done in terms of like the outdoor life was planning an intentional van kitchen. Because mm-hmm. when you're in a boat, we rent boats. We don't own our own boats. We have boats at our lake. But when we're doing sailing, we rent. So you pay, pretty much have to make do with whatever items they have in the kitchen. But for van life, you don't have a lot of space. And you want to be able to cook outside, cook inside, but not have all these pots and pans rattling right. around. So you kind of, our camp or our van kitchen is very similar to a camp kitchen would be that you'd pack in or pack out. Though I do have a few heavy cast iron skillets. Yep. That- I just invested in one. I was telling like Lynn is like simplifying things like they're camping. Like she, she, like, I felt like I was like, oh, you're not, you're simplifying. And here's my new giant cast iron um, skillet thing. I contributed easy cheese. Okay. That was my <laughs> cooking contribution as I got some cans of easy cheese and Ritz crackers. That's the that's level funny. of my culinary expertise. That's, that's where it ends. <laughs> I, I think you can find uh, if you're really into like looking, cause right now I'm trying to find cabiny dishes and napkins and the cast iron too, there's Wagner is a great brand and Gruenwald, G-R-U-E-N-W-A-L-D. And every time you go to cross by an Arcs Value Village or a Goodwill, I run in there and I look for those. So I have like a really nice set that I've thrifted of cast iron. And then I've got some really nice Dutch ovens that are cast iron too. And like a griddle. Uh-huh. But you can find a lot of great camping goods just by thrifting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is my husband. This is his point too. He's like the thrift stores, like for wool sweaters that are just going to get smoky and holes yep. and all that kind of stuff. Just go to the thrift store. Mm-hmm. You do not need all this fancy stuff. Yep. No. And in fact, all of my good like coats have holes from yeah. all the bonfiring we did this year. You know, we bought a new house at the end of October. We moved over by Jody's house in Golden Valley. And one of the only things we bought, because we sold a lot of stuff from our other house, but we were driving and we saw this thing that said um, for sale on it. And it was one of those old, how do you describe these? There's a name for it, but they're mid-century modern stoves that people had in their houses. The chimenea? No, it's oh. like it it would go inside the house and they were red or yellow and they kind of had this wide open base. And someone had one of these that they had had in their outside. So it was very rusty. But it's amazing because it's like a fireplace outside. But oh, it's cool. like I'm always worried about, you know, fire because we're on an island. So fire is a real thing up there. So we put this like in the corner of our backyard by our house. We can put chairs around it. It's like an outdoor fireplace. It's warm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Going all over you. It's got a chimney. So it's just like, it was $200 that we picked up in some guy's yard. And it was the best (laughs) thing we bought in like three years. That's amazing. You can cook on it too, because yeah, it's, it's just great. I love the thing. Mm. 
Oh, sounds like okay. you're kind of a gear, you're a gear person too, Stephanie. You, you I like <laughs> cooking I gear. Like, <laughs> I like things that have. I'm sentimental about old things, kind of. I like, like I don't know if you can see. I have a lot of mid-century modern kind of enamel wear that I collect. Mm-hmm. I like Fiesta wear bowls. I like cast iron. I like old silver that is your grandma's or your grandma's grandma's. I have tons of mismatched pieces and I do just, I like entertaining pieces and things. I was just going to bring you joy. Yeah. And I have to be careful because I could, but I've moved enough in the last five years that I keep like getting rid of things. So new things can come in. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was at an aunt, my aunt's house this weekend and she gave me three little sets of cups that I was like, okay, the one set I know I'll use like, rarely because they're little shot glass cups like Mm -hmm. how many times are you going to serve rum chata you know (laughs) (laughs) not so many but they were so cute I kept them years ago you probably would have served more rum chata isn't it what a couple years ago that's when like rum chata had its moment (laughs) and my daughter made it for mother's day she came and made a dinner for me and then made these cinnamon mexican brownies and served it with a rum chata I was like this is excellent yum this is a great idea and can we please talk about your daughter? Because she's kind of a badass. I mean, yeah. in, in the outdoor world, I mean, I was so, one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you is about your daughter and all of the amazing she things is. she's done. So she, well, okay. So she was a downhill ski racer. So she's very risky person. She's not afraid of speed. She's not afraid of very much. And she translated that in the summer months to Camp Wijiwagen, which is a camp that's up on Brinside Lake. And we sent her there her first year. I think she was in sixth grade. And she'd always been on the lake and, you know, we canoed and we were kind of an outdoorsy family. But the Wijiwagen program takes kids all the way from learning how to canoe to what, learning whitewater to going into the Thalon, which is in a remote wilderness area, part of Canada. And they canoe. And she was with three other women and a leader. So there were five of them total. And they were on the Thalon for 40 days. Wow. That's and you incredible. usually don't see anyone until the 40th day when the float plane comes to pick you up. And you have to be very resilient. And yeah. they pack in these heavy, heavy packs and they portage the canoes and you know, I wish more kids would do that. I think you really learn so much about yourself and especially what especially young of. women. Yeah. yeah, for sure. My kid has, you know, her issues like everybody else, but not about hard work, not about carrying stuff, not about being outdoors. In fact, one year when she came home from college, we lived in a, a townhome and our garage had like a, a keypad pad on it. And then the house had a keypad. And we changed the code and didn't tell her. So she opened the garage door and got trapped in the garage on like New Year's Eve night. Oh, no. Got home super late. And I think she'd had a few personally. (laughs) She couldn't figure out how to get into the house. And we didn't, we weren't answering our phones. So she put a tent, pitched a tent in the garage, wrapped up in like our sleeping bags and our stuff that we had for camping. There was a bunch of bike clothes 
she had a American flag that was like Kurt's dad's from Vietnam that she found. And in the morning, and it was like 10 below that night. It was wow. cold. Uh, Woke up and I was like, okay, I took a picture. Cause I was like, this is a widgie kid. Trapped in the garage. How do you survive? Yeah. I love that. It was pretty funny. All oh right. My gosh. Well, we are going to take a really, really quick break. We could talk to you for hours, but we have to make sure that we respect your time. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the top tip. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. With the amazing Stephanie Hansen, who has literally done it all from sailing to van life to camping to cooking everywhere and with everything. Living on an island. Just amazing stuff. <laughs> glorious, doesn't it? Wow. It really wow. Does. I, want, I, I want I want this life. Mm-hmm. So so for someone to try to achieve this, what is your top tip for them? I think my top tip is just do it. Don't wait. Cause you really don't know what's coming down the road. You don't know when you're going to have more money. You don't know when you're going to have more time. You don't know when the kids are not going to have sports. I mean, that's one thing about COVID. Like our daughter was a downhill ski racer. So she had a super intense winter sports life, but we did not allow her to do spring or summer sports. Cause we were like, we're going to be at the cabin and yeah. our life is cabin life. So yep. that means from May to September, our priority is our cabin and our family. I love that so much. I and love you that. can bring your friends and, mm-hmm. you know, but every weekend we are going to the cabin and you're not allowed to stay home and you're not allowed to do soccer or any of those things. Cause that would interfere with cabin life. Yeah. So that was just like a rule. It wasn't, even <sighs> I love that so debate. much. Yeah. And when the weekends That's... came and a friend had a sleepover, we were just like, no, but you can bring that friend next weekend you know, we always made it so she could bring as many friends as she wanted, but we prioritized that as our family time. I also, Mm -hmm. when I first got my job at the radio station, I only accepted the job because they allowed me to pre-record the summer months. Hmm. So it was not something they'd ever done before. And they really hated it. They still hate it. And in fact, since I've sold my business, I've met them more in the middle and I will do a reverse commute so that I can be live on the show on Saturdays. And then I head up and it, that's worked fine. Cause now my husband doesn't work Monday through Friday anymore either, but we just like, that was our rule. We prioritized. And I had a friend that we've been friends a long time. And she said, I always wondered like why you missed all the stuff. Like you missed the, I didn't miss the state fair, but she's like, you'd miss all the like summer aquatennial things. You'd miss all these concerts And then she bought a cabin just Hmm. this last year, very close to me. And she said to me just this like couple of weeks ago, she was like, you know what? 
I am dying to have a summer up there for the first summer. She's like, I don't care. I've done all those things. Like, yeah. I'm not going to miss any of that. And she said, maybe I'm just at the part of my life where I'm ready for it. But she was like, I could spend the entire summer up at the cabin. Yeah. And I think kind of you're just a cabin person sometimes, or maybe mm-hmm. you're not, but try it. People are always surprised how much they enjoy cabin life. And you oh, know, it's the best. It's, so, it's, it's not expensive. It's not expensive to camp. It is not. You can get, you know, you can get a cheap tent and as long as you have a sleeping bag and you've got, you can go to the Goodwill and get stuff. Just, it's not that expensive and you can make inexpensive food. I think that camping in some respects is like the cheapest thing a family can do. And car camping is really inexpensive. If you Mm -hmm. sleep in the car. Yeah. Easy to. Yeah. Yeah. So my tip is just do it. There is never a good time and prioritize you know, you're, this is, sounds like mean, but your kid's not going to be an Olympic athlete. Your kid, <laughs> Amen. Is, Amen. You know, you're not going to be a rod. Okay. Cause you yep. played 52 baseball games and you traveled. <laughs> I could the, not agree with you more. Uh, and the parents always are like, well, you know, but that my kid loves it. My kid loves it. No, they don't. Loves traveling baseball. You were right. the kid because mm-hmm. I think it's fun for parents. You get families and you go on these fun weekends, but like, prioritize your time. You don't mm-hmm. need to do every single thing. And unless Amen. you're not going to get into a better college, probably you're not going to be, I mean, very few people are going to even be collegiate athletes. Right. So I don't know. I just think people forget that there's value in doing nothing. Yeah. There's value in family time and there's value in just walking a trail. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful God, for me that. to hear. I was just actually having that, like, that panicky thing again, like, oh my gosh, like my younger kid isn't really involved in anything. Like, I'm like, wait, that's okay. He that's likes okay. To, he likes to bake. He likes to jump yep. on the trampoline at home. He likes to go camping on the He's weekend. He's an artist. He, he, yes. <laughs> I think it's, I think we kind of, I'm not a keeping up with the Jones person money wise, but I was like always trying to, make sure that like we fit in or my kid fit in or that I was doing the right mom stuff. Honestly, I was just with my 14 year old niece and my 12 year old niece and my 12 year old niece is just like, she doesn't want to go to this camp because her friend can't go. She doesn't want to do this because her, she won't know anybody and she won't have any friends. And I pulled her mom aside and I was like, please make her just make her go to one thing where there's not a friend because You learn when you go to Mm -hmm. camp and you're in the sixth grade and you know, no one, and you're so embarrassed, you learn, like you find friends, you figure out who your people are. I think that that's a really valuable skill, Mm -hmm. a very valuable skill and something that takes you into your lifelong learning of just being resilient and figuring out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of adults can't do that. You're right. (laughs) Because you just, you're in your group or you're Mm -hmm. in your environment and I don't know. You just got to sometimes break out people. Mm -hmm. People want to be nice to people. People will go out of their way to help you. Yeah. And ask people too how to do things. That's the other thing. My husband's really good at that. Like, you know, sailing, we, to go to sail in like a foreign country where you don't speak the language and you have to learn, you know, where to pull up the boat and where to get water and things like that. You have to just ask people and talk to everybody, Mm -hmm. but it's fun. It's how you learn. And we, we, we've been invited into people's homes to have dinner with their families. Like one, when we were in Croatia last time, there was no mooring balls in the place where we were supposed to spend the night. And it was far enough away that there wasn't like another place close. 
So we were sort of going up and down this little spit of river and I had to jump out of the boat, get on this person's dock and run up to their house to say, Hey, we don't have a place to stay tonight. Can we anchor right at your dock here? We won't even go on your dock. Well, and they were like, Oh yeah, why don't you come up for dinner? <laughs> so we went to dinner with them there. They had a, um, a nephew that was visiting from California. Oh wow. They had a Volkswagen bus in the driveway. And oh, wow. was like, the kid was trying to fix something and Kurt knew how to fix it. That's awesome. It was, yeah. it was just like, so great. I just thought of, I forgot about those people, but yeah, we would have never met those people if we wouldn't have had to find a place to anchor for the night. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for anchoring with us for the last oh, 45 minutes or so. Um, God, I feel like we need to do a part two of this. Yeah, we this most definitely just... do. Part two outside at Theater yes. Worth Park. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mill Valley. Yeah. Favorite place on earth. Yeah, we live we there <laughs> practically. Yes, what we do. What a gem. Like for the winter of COVID, oh that was gosh. such a great place to cross yeah. country ski. And my husband has walked all these woods and yeah, it's. I, you know, I've been a, I grew up in Bloomington, but then 18, I left home and I've lived in the city the whole time, either Minneapolis or St. Paul. Like I was like feeling like, I don't know, Golden Valley, the suburbs are selling out. (laughs) It's great. I love it so much. Yeah. The deer come through my yard and I'm just like, woo woo. (laughs) Yeah. It's unbelievable. This is like, it's a natural resource in our backyard. It's really Really and beautiful. winter, like so many people do things in the winter here. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's great. They fat tire bike. They walk through the woods. There's the nature center. There's all kinds of stuff. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Sounds bunch. like we're plugging, we're plugging Golden Valley for like yes. Minnesota tourism. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we should get sponsored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we will make sure we'll put all of the places that people can reach you and find you. We'll put in um, the episode notes of this show and also on our website. So if you, anyone listening wants to follow the many places where you can find Stephanie Hansen, we'll have all that information on our, um, in those, in those episode notes. So, yeah. And anybody can reach out, you know, we, as part of our show, we kind of act like personal concierge for people. Like I need to find a place to go to brunch for my girl's party or <laughs> my mom's turning 80 years old. Where should we go? People reach out to us on Twitter or send us direct messages on Instagram or even just emails all the time. And we're happy to help either Stephanie or I all know the answer. Usually one of us has it down. That's awesome. Excellent. All right. Thank, all right. thank you so much. Thank this was you. just wonderful. What a pleasure. Okay. Say right. hi to your mom. Okay. <laughs> we'll do. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.